We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. About eight years ago, we started pastoring in Forney, and about a month in, we got a call from Sister Laminac with Granny, that's weird saying Sister Laminac, and she had an earache. We met her at the emergency room and stayed there with her and took her home, and we actually went down to Dublin to move some of our stuff, and we get a call from, I don't remember if it was Amanda or Starla, I don't remember which one called me, and said that she was in the emergency room, that they didn't know what was going on, that they had her hooked up to all kinds of tubes. We met her, we left Dublin, met her in the hospital. The family was all there. We went into the hospital room. I'd been pastoring her for about a month. And the doctor took me aside from the family and said, you need to prepare this family. She's not leaving this hospital. She was, they had her hooked up to all kinds of machines. And we sat there and I take this opportunity every day when it pops up on my phone. Eight years ago was the first day she walked back into church after being in the ICU for... Two weeks in the ICU and then another stint in rehab. So I take every opportunity I can to kick the devil in the mouth. She's standing here today. If the doctor said it wasn't possible, if the law said it wasn't possible, Hey, that's good enough. Young Master Ron start preaching. Amen. Amen. Say it. God can shake everything. If it can be shaken, it will be shaken. Brother Russell, I've got testimony. I won't testify. After 15 months, uh, we carried my wife to the hospital today, and they did all kind of things on her. And uh, she walked out. Now she's been on a scooter and then went from a scooter to a walker and a walker to a cane. And today, he took it all away from him, said, you need to walk on that foot. After 15 months. Hallelujah. If I, if I was a gambler and believed that Vegas would be the place to take my money, I'd put my last chip on he's happier than she is. <laughs> hey, man, if we can do after all that, let's do as we do with every speaker. Brother Red, if you'll preach the truth, I'll help you. If you get out of the truth, I'm going to quit on you. And let's give him and the Lord a big hand clap. Right? That sounds like a deal. Amen. I, I, now I'm going to tell you what, I feel the Holy Ghost here. You guys make it easy to preach, testify, jump, shout, raise hand. Whatever you want to do, you make it easy. It's because what you're putting into it. Me and my I'm just Johnny come lately. I'm just getting in the waters. Y'all troubled it. I'm just going to get in and have some fun. Is that okay? All right. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord. (laughs) 
Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated for just a minute. Let me get my little preliminaries out of the way, and then we'll stand for the word of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor, for uh, opening this pulpit to me. I appreciate that. Amen. And uh, we will not treat this pulpit with dishonor. We'll do our best to do everything we, we can do to honor this, this sacred desk. Amen. And uh, I want to say this about healing. Sometimes we get disappointed because God doesn't heal us immediately. But he spoke to me while I was sitting over there. He said, tell them about two gifts. One is called the working of miracles. The other is called the gifts of healing. The end is the same. The timing is what is different. So many times we don't get the working of miracles, which is instantaneous. We get discouraged. But let me tell you something. Just because God didn't do it right now doesn't mean he's not going to do it. Give God some time to work. Is that okay? That's for some of us that are in the process of God working a miracle in our lives. Real quick, I don't have the pictures. I'll bring them. Pastor, I asked uh, Brother Emerson if he had them. I don't have them on my phone, but uh, my wife had some severe uh, acid reflux for months and months. It got to the point where she had to sleep sitting up in the living room and on the couch or in a chair because of the acid reflux, and it was just killing her. Well, finally, she made a, an appointment with the doctor, with the GI doctor with the hospital we work at, and he had her swallow a camera, a little pill. It's a camera. It's, it's about a $1,500 out of my pocket camera, but you know what I'm saying? It takes pictures as it goes through your, your throat and your digestive system and everything, and then it sends it wirelessly so that it can look at it. That was on a Thursday. Friday, he called and said, we need to talk. I see something on it that we're going to have to discuss. But before we do that, I want you to come in Monday and do another about a $2,000 camera this time because I need a better picture of it. I need to see exactly what's going on. And so that was a Friday. She started crying. We started praying. We told Brother Emerson on Sunday, I didn't have months and months and months to pray about it. God just decided to take care of it. And on Monday's picture, he called her back Tuesday and said, never mind, there's nothing there. But I said, I said, ask him if we can have the pictures. Because there's one thing to have a testimony. There's a difference when you have proof. And so I'll bring them so we can show them, Pastor, to help build faith. There's a, there's a picture. She has a, a big black spot on her throat. It's throat cancer. Matter of fact, Brother Emerson preached about it and showed it at a church in Louisiana. And the pastor's, if I believe right, the pastor's wife was a retired ENT nurse, ear, nose, and throat nurse. And she saw it. She's, oh, no, that's a death sentence when she saw it but you look at the one they did on monday and it's gone so let me tell you this god doesn't need weeks months years he can do it instantaneous i'm telling you what i know i'm telling you what i experienced i'm telling you what god will do for me and if he did it for me he will do it for you my 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 praise god if you will stand with me Let's get into the word of the Lord. If y'all waiting for me to preach, I already started. I'm going to pull out my phone. Don't get dis- I just want to know what time it is so we can all get out of here. Uh, I like what one preacher said. He said, you know, preach as long as you want, but we're leaving at 830. <laughs> That's what we tell. Pre- pre- preach as long as you want to the evangelists, but we're leaving at such and such. You know, unless we're hanging from the rafters, uh, I- I'm very aware of. Uh, I'll tell you what the elders told me. You can't preach everything in the Bible in one night. Brother Red, leave them wanting to come back to hear more. You know, took hundreds and hundreds, eight thousands of years, hundred different men to write this. You can't preach it all. Amen. Everybody say, let's have church. Amen. I'm going to swing for the fences. Is that okay? 
All right, John chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, we'll read a couple of verses and I'll let you sit back down. Thank you so much for your worship. I believe God's going to do something, Pastor, during these 30 days. Prayer and fasting. You can't do what we're about to do and nothing happen. I'm telling you. It just doesn't work that way. Amen. So we're going to see what God will do. And I'm excited about it. John chapter 1. Hold on. I'm getting old. Hold on. I'm in denial. I've got to get readers. What happens when you turn 51, almost 52 years old? I'm, I just, I, I, it's not working for me. It's not working for me. I'm going to have to figure this out. Verse 19. When you're there, say amen. John 1, 19. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests. When the Bible talks about the Jews, they're talking about the leadership. The religious leaders, the Pharisees. When he says the Jews sent them, he's talking about the Pharisees. The religious hypocrites of the day. Okay, The ones that are supposed to know who he is, but they don't. Sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him. This is the question for John. It says, who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed and said, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are thou Elias? He said, I am not. Art thou the prophet? And he answered, no. Verse 22. Then said they unto him, who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? I want to preach to you just for the next few minutes. If God will help me, you'll help me. And I know you will. You'll do your part. I want to preach to you from this subject. What do you say about yourself? We know what he say, she say. We know what they say. A few years ago, there was a song, What Does the Fox Say? But God wants to know, y'all remember that if you have kids. But God wants to know, what do you say about yourself? Put your Bibles down, let's pray. Pastor, would you pray? Yes. Amen. Everybody say amen. Clap your hands. You may be seated. Praise God. Amen. What do you say about yourself? You know, today's motto, like I said, I'm just going to swing for the fences. Y'all just bear with me. Today's motto is say it loud and say it proud. Everything the world does is loud and direct and to the point. They make no bones about what they want us to believe. Okay? It doesn't take long if you're riding around. I know when I was growing up, and this is, I was a teenager in the 80s. I mean, that was when loud music and loud car stereos, and they still have them today. Uh, they would go around. We'd roll the windows down. They'd blare the music, and you hear the beats coming from all the way down the street, and the, there would be music and lyrics coming out of those windows. And what they're doing is they're preaching a message as they played their music. And they're not, uh, they don't beat around the bush about what they stand for. They don't beat around the bush about what they believe. They tell us exactly how they feel about everything. The media uh, pushes uh, gay rights on us. If, if you just, I'm going to be honest with you. As I began, this is an old message. I put this together about 25 years ago. And so I've had to adapt it 
over the years to kind of fit our times. The, the, the theme of, uh, or the media or the world pushing homosexuality, that's kind of a foregone conclusion now. We've moved on to much, much more abomination than that. And I'm not saying that's a good thing that God agrees with it, but what I'm saying is it doesn't take long. You can open, a, I'll say a newspaper. We don't have newspapers anymore. You can get on your app. You can get on your phone. You can open up a, uh, any type of news media, and you can begin to see how they tell us exactly how they feel and we don't have to guess about it we don't have to beat around the bush we know because they tell us they 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 tell us that rebellion is okay violence is acceptable some of the things and I try to keep up with politics a little bit because I do vote and I think it's important it's a right we have as Americans to, to elect our representatives and I want the ones that align themselves as much to the word of God as I can elect and so I try to keep up with politics a little bit but I'm going to tell you what I get tired of reading about some of that junk and what they're trying to shove down our throat and where they stand. What I'm trying to say is we don't have to guess about where the politicians stand. We don't have to guess where the media stands. We don't have to guess where our neighbors stand because they all tell us bluntly. You can get on Facebook and they'll tell you exactly how they feel and how you ought to feel. In our classrooms, now these notes, like I say, are about 25 years old. I, I wrote some of the things they were pushing back in those days. And pastor, if I get out of line, just, just fix me up, okay? Uh, pastor has the right, and I submit to his leadership. He can fix whatever I mess up. Is that okay? All right, so y'all help me preach. Amen. In our classrooms, they push evolution, and that used to be the cardinal sin that we used to stand up against as the church. But let me tell you, friend, that's not what they're pushing now. They're grooming our kids. They're trying to push things on them. I don't even know if I can. Is there any kids in here? I don't even know if I can say it over the pulpit that you can be whatever you want to be to a second grader. If you want to be a boy and you're a girl, you can do it. It's called grooming. They've had to pass laws to say, no, you can't do that. But they're not bashful is what I'm trying to say. They're trying to push it on. Us. They let us know exactly how they feel. Well, God's got a question for me tonight. Scott Red, what do you say about yourself? In other words, where do you stand in the scheme and in the, in the evolution of things? Where do you stand when it comes to these things? John, what sayest thou of thyself? We know what they say, but what do you say? Praise God. I know the state of Florida had to pass a law that you cannot groom kids. They call it grooming. You cannot do it before the third grade. And some of the stuff, and I can't repeat some of the stuff they're trying to push on our kids. Is, it is absolutely an abomination. They teach new age philosophy. Listen, they used to veil what they were doing. They used to try to sneak it. They don't even know. Pastor, that's gone. The, they've come out. The, the veil is off. They're not trying to deceive nobody. They're right in our face now. And it doesn't take long. They'll get in the streets and they'll riot. Burn down buildings, have signs, whatever it is. And I'm not saying we do that, but I'm telling you, they let us know where they stand. They let us know what they say about themselves. But God says, what do you say about yourself? Amen. They proclaim with boldness that God is impersonal. Jesus is nothing more than a medium of high order. And I've, I pulled all this out of, of, of things that I studied years ago. Men, man never had a fall. That's what they teach. Man never had a fall. Whatever's right is right. Evil does not exist. Evil is good. That's what they teach us. But that's what the Bible says, that there would come a day when they would call evil good and good evil. And that's what they do today. And if you try to stand up for righteousness, they want to run you out of town. That a lie is of the 
truth. That's what they say. It holds a lawful place in creation. It is of a necessity. Talking about a lie. That there is no atoning value in the death of Jesus Christ. Salvation by vicarious atonement was a wicked and soul-destroying delusion. That's what they tell us. That is the truth. And I said, no, no, no. That is not the truth. That man is his own savior. Hell does not exist and it never will. They say there's no resurrection and no judgment. You don't have to guess where they stand. You know what I'm saying? They let us know exactly how they feel about everything. Um, I, I pulled this out, and I'm going to tell you what. I, I, I'm, I hate to even mention it. Some of the, 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 the administration we're under now, and God helped her so. I hope you all pray for them. But they've put some people into leadership, and they're trying to force them on us and, and tell us that, hey, this is normal. This is normal leadership. This is normal. This is accepted. This is a picture of America, and it is not. There's a man that's over the nuclear waste of our country. He handles all the nuclear waste. His name is Sam Britton. I looked him up, saw the picture. When I saw his picture, I was like, dear God, what are you talking about? He's a man that dresses like a woman. He's a cross-dresser. He says he's non-binary. He's a drag queen there's no kids in here there's a few kids i hate to, they're trying to push that on our kids and he's in the thing i can't even mention some of the things that he's into and this is a man that's over our nuclear energy assistant secretary of health rachel levine his name is richard levine he decided in 2011 that he didn't want to be a man anymore that he wanted to be a woman what i'm trying to say is this i don't hate these people i hope i'm not coming across pastor because if they walk through the door i'll be the first one to pray with them in an altar and to lay hands on them. I have no problem with that at all. But what I'm trying to say is this. They're bold, they're brass, and they have drawn a line in the sand. They said, this is where I stand. God's looking for me to do the same thing tonight. God's looking for somebody in this place to draw a line in the sand and say, this is where I stand. I'm apostolic. I'm not talking about getting in their face, getting ugly pastor and all that kind of stuff, but I'm trying to say, here's where I stand. I go to church. I talk in tongues. Let me tell you something. Not too long ago on my job, the old devil, I've been in this a long time. The old devil, they asked me, you talk in tongues? About five or six men in there. We stand in the break room. Oh, you talk in tongues. And I can feel that old devil just sneak up on it. What are you going to say? Trying to intimidate me. And I was like, devil, brother, I've been in this a long time. I've been laughed at, ridiculed, ostracized, run out. You name it, it's happened to me. I've given Bible studies, and they've walked up and walked out, not because I didn't know what I was doing, because they didn't want to hear it. Let me tell you something. You're going to Latin. And I didn't get ugly with the guys. I said, yes, we talk in tongues, and you will too when you get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> hey, I've been doing this a long time. I don't care for an intimidator. And that's what the devil is. I don't care to have an intimidator come after me or after you. I just something. And I'm not here to, to beat up on people. I'll tell you, my, my dad, is this being taped? Oh, dear God. Maybe my dad won't want. My dad doesn't live with God. He doesn't go to church. And when we grew up, he, he did a lot of drinking, went to bars and stuff like that. He told me one time, he says, yeah, there was this guy in this bar. He's, he, was, he was messing with this little guy. He was intimidating and everything. And my dad walked up to him. He says, hey, man, won't you mess with somebody that ain't afraid of you? Then he took care of business. Well, I said that to say this. When someone's beating up on one of our saints, when the devil's messing with it, some of y'all that got the Holy Ghost full running over need to walk up and say, Devil, won't you mess with somebody that ain't afraid of you? Instead of running them down, let's go over there and get with them and help them get the victory. 
you know how you tell spiritual people from carnal people? The Bible says, ye that are spiritual, restore such a one. The one that's restoring another individual is spiritual. The one that's running them down, ain't, not, just saying. Devil has an agenda. I will ascend into the heavens, he said in Isaiah 14. I will exalt my throne above the throne of God. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. He's going to be just like God, he said. But Jesus told us the next thing on Satan's uh, agenda, and it was John 10 and 10. It's the mission uh, statement of hell. The thief cometh not before to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he's not bashful, and he's not shy, and he's not scared to tell us about it. You see, hell, Bible says hell's got a mission plan. They've already got a building plan. The Bible says that hell hath enlarged herself. Hell's already got a building plan. I'm glad we do. Amen. The devil has a roaring lion, the Bible says, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You see, the devil makes no bones about what he wants our young people to believe. I'm I'm about to preach. What time is it? I got some time. I'm watching at 7.54. What time we quit? At the latest, 8.30? All right. I'm I'm not long-winded. Praise the Lord. Everybody go, shoo. I just heard a collective sigh. Brother Red, man, you're anointed. I can tell already. Brother Red got the Holy Ghost, man. He's (laughs) short-winded. Woo, honey, I like him already. He don't go long. Praise the Lord. Amen. You see, the devil uses music. Oh, boy, he tries to to get on us through music. Now, I'm going to use a few older, older examples and try to get to some newer stuff. But there was a group in, in I think, the 60s called the Beatles. Y'all remember them? Very famous. They they transcended generations. They had some music in some of their songs that were satanic from the very core. After 40 years, the Beatles still have Satan's power behind them. John Lennon said this. John Lennon said Christianity will go. I'm talking about how bold they are and how brass and how they've drawn a line in the sand. They're saying, this is what I believe. It says, it will shrink and vanish is what John Lennon said about Christianity. He says, I will be proved right. You just wait. We are more powerful now than Jesus ever was. Okay. (laughs) I'm leaving. He didn't last enough. They had a song. It was called Hey Jude. And here's some of the words to it. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. The minute you put it under your skin, talking about shooting up, then you begin to feel better. This is a song that was being just engulfed by our younger generation because he was telling them exactly what he believed and he wasn't embarrassed. There was a song they had, Strawberry Fields Forever. It was about track marks that are left on the arm after someone does heroin. Uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. These are really old songs. Some of y'all may remember them if you listen to this stuff back in the day. And it's the initials of the song. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It stands for LSD. The song is about an LSD trip that Paul McCartney had. And they wrote a song about it. What are you saying, Brother Red? They're not brash. They sing about it. They testify. They get in our face. They've drawn a line. God's saying, yeah, I know how they feel. I know what they are. But what do you say about yourself? Where do you stand? Are you going to stand in the kingdom? Are you going to stand for righteousness? Are you going to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm for God? Fast forward a little bit to my generation, and these these are a couple of groups that, that transcended generations also, but this is the groups that I grew up with in the 80s. Motley Crue, how many 
recognizes that name, maybe even listen to him. Maybe listen to him now. I hope not. Amen. I'll let you, Pastor. I'll let you figure that out. Amen. Motley Crue, they had a song called Shout at the Devil. Uh-huh. Y'all remember albums? <laughs> Those round things made of vinyl, had grooves in them. You put a needle on it and had to put it on a turntable. Young people don't know what that is. They, uh, uh, you know what scratching is, young people? Scratching? Yeah, that's, that's a turntable. Well, on this, well, they used to sell music on albums. We all know that. But on the album cover and on the jacket of the album was a pentagram. Yeah, you want to know where Motley Crue stands? Right there. Amen. That's what we feel about everything right there. But they had a song that was called Shout at the Devil. And it said this. It said, in the beginning, good always overpowered the evils of all men's sins. But in time, the nations grew weak and our cities fell to slums. And I heard a guy even play this song. I didn't want to do that here. That's, I'm doing enough. I feel like desecrating the pulpit. But I want us to, to understand how blatant they are about what they believe. It says, the nations grew weak and our cities fell to slums. While the evil stood strong in the dusk of hell lurked the blackest of hates. This is a song, a very popular song. For they, for he whom they feared awaited them. Now many lifetimes later, laid destroyed, beaten down, only corpses of rebels, ashes of dreams, and blood-stained streets. It has been said, listen to this, it has been said, it has been written. Those that have the youth have the future. So come now, children of the beast, be strong and shout at the devil. Boy, I'm going to tell you what, they are trying to tell us, this is where we stand, world. Church, come, hey, church of the living, God, this is where we stand. We've drawn a line in a set. Hey, instead of shouting at the devil, we ought to shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Praise God. Praise God. Go ahead and be seated. I got another one. There was another group that transcended generations, and I'm going to end with the music in just a second. ACDC. Uh huh. Very popular group. Uh, they had a song, and I believe it was in 1979, Pastor. It was called Highway to Hell. I, I had the tape. I listened to it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Woo! I was singing. You know why? Because they were preaching to me. They were preaching a message, and I was lapping it up. I was taking it in. I knew exactly, Bishop, I knew exactly where they stood. Amen. But in that, on, that album was a, on that album cover was a man holding a pointed tail, and he had two horns coming out of his forehead. And the name of the album is called Highway to Hell. And that song, one of the lyrics of that uh, verses of that song was, No stop signs, no speed limits. Nobody's going to slow me down like a wheel going to spin it. Nobody's going to mess me around. Hey, Satan, he paid my dues playing in a rocking band. You know the song. You used to listen to it, didn't you? Hey, mama, look at me. I'm headed and on my way to the promised land. I'm on the highway to hell. I'm on the highway to hell. I'm on the highway to hell. Don't stop me now. You can say what you want, but that song was number one for six months in the United States. And the man that, so, that, that wrote that song and sang that song, Bon Scott, went drinking, got in the plum drunken stupor one night shortly after releasing that song. And he vomited, passed out, and choked in his own vomit. He got exactly what he wanted, didn't he? Oh, he knew where he stood. I'm on the highway to hell. Don't stop me now. And he vomited. God says, okay, that's what you want, Bon Scott. That's where you're going. We well, you said all that to say this. I know where Bon Scott and ACDC stands. 
Now, I pray that the men that are still alive come to God. I pray with every one of them right now. And there have been some rock and rollers that have changed their lives. I get that. But God wants, you to, wants us to know today, he wants me to make a decision about where I stand. Some of us have been in and out. So I get it. I've done it myself. Some people... Some people, they're just in and out. God says, I wish you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I spit you out of my mouth. God can do something with me if I'm hot. He can do something with me if I'm cold. He can't do anything with me when I'm lukewarm. Because on Saturday, listen to me, on Saturday night, I'm in the club. Dancing, getting it down. I can't dance, I know that. He's like, I'm in the club on Saturday. But on Sunday, woo, I'm dancing. I'm in the club dancing. No, you ain't dancing. Let me tell you something. And I thought about this. When you have the anointing of God on your life, when you are God called, you can step into the club and you think you're shaking and jigging and getting with it and you're not. People looking at you sideways. You know why? Because you're in the club shouting. Because you should be in the church. We don't belong in the club. Praise God. People think they're doing something out there, breaking it down. I know I can't dance. I can dance. Breaking it down. I know you're shouting on the dance floor because I should be in church. You know when a sheep, when they get in trouble, they begin to go, bah, bah. They begin to cry for help. That's what we're doing when we're not in the house of God. Our spirit my, my, my. God wants to know, where do I stand tonight? Am I in the club or am I in the church? Am I out there or am I in here? This is not the hokey pokey church. This is the church of the living God. Amen. Praise God. There are many voices, but the Bible says that John answered their question. He says, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And that means he was crying with tears. That means he was yelling. He was carrying on. The message version, I like what it says. You know what it says? The message version says, he says, I'm thunder in the desert. I'm bringing some thunder, man. My brother-in-law tells me that all out. I'll bring the thunder. He, my brother-in-law will be a great wrestler. You know wrestlers? Uh, to be a wrestler, you got about 95%. If you can talk trash, you can be a wrestler. Because I've seen some big guys, some little guys, some guys in shape, not in shape, but they can talk some good trash. Amen. That's what John said. He says, I'm thunder in the desert. I'm bringing the pop. You want to know where John said? He didn't mix no words. He didn't confuse them. He drew a line in the sand and says, I'm making a way for my God. Now get out of my, get in line or get out of the way. Get in line or get out of the way. Oh, I want to get in line. John the Baptist had some boldness. I'm watching the time. John the Baptist had some boldness. He walked up and said, y'all need to repent. He looked at the Pharisees and called them vipers and, sna vipers and snakes. He called on Herod and called out Herod's sin. You shouldn't have your brother's wife. He lost his head for that one. What I'm trying to say, I'm not trying to say that we're ugly or we're arrogant. But what I'm trying to say is this is where I stand. You know, there's a difference between arrogance and confidence. The Bible says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of the reward. But if you're not careful, arrogance and confidence look awful the same. Because the Apostle Paul kind of explained it to us. In one breath, he says, I'm the chiefest among sinners. When you talk about a sinner, he said, you're talking about me. 
He said, I'm the least of all the apostles. They said, you're bodily weak. He knew that. But on the other side, he said something like, through Christ, I can do all things. So in one breath, hold on. In one breath, he's saying, I'm nothing. And in another breath, saying, oh, yeah, I'm something. And the difference is this. The difference between being arrogant and confidence is who you put your trust in. When you're arrogant, you say it's all him. When you are all me. When you're confident, you say it's all him. You know, that's what he said. He said, without God, I'm nothing. But with God, I'm a bad motor scooter. Don't mess with me. I'm a bad motor scooter, he said, because I got God. Don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. They said, you came to us in weakness and fear, much trembling, enticing words. He said, I didn't come with all that. He said, I'm coming with the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. You're rude in speech, but not in knowledge. They said, his letters, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Though I'm weak in body, I'm bold in spirit, he said. Paul was Bold in what he did. I'm starting to wind this down. Praise God. Paul was a man that was given, watch this, to stripes above measure. Prisons more frequent. Listen to all this he went through. Deaths oft. Of the Jews, come on, sister, come on. Y'all give me some hope. Amen. Give the crowd some hope. Amen. So I'm bringing this down. Amen. And prisons more frequent and deaths oft. Of the Jews, Jews, remember that, that term? Of the Jews, the religious hierarchy. He says, received I five times, received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, three times. My Lord, once was I stoned. He was left to die outside of a city one time, stoned. He had to, he had to get up and throw rocks off of him. You know what he did? He got up and he went right back to the city and started preaching. He said, three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep and journeyings often. Perils of the waters, perils of waters, perils of my own countrymen, perils by the heathen in the city, in the wilderness, in the sea. Perils among false brethren. Got people talking, setting me up and trying to run me out of town. He says, I've been in weariness and painfulness. Watchings often, hunger and thirst and fastings. You see, fasting is me deciding not to eat. Hunger and thirst is I'm not eating because there's nothing there. There's a difference. Listen to this, what he went through. Dear God. And fasting's often in cold and nakedness. He said, besides all those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And after all that he went through, Paul, I love this part. Paul drew a line in the sand. You want to know where he stood? He said, but none of these things move me. You want to know where he stood? He said, I'm right here. I'm in the, I am in the presence of an almighty God. I'm in it to win it. Because there's going to be some stuff come our way that we're going to have to draw a line in the sand and decide, am I going to be in it or not? What do you say about yourself? What do you say? Amen. Paul was in prison, about to be executed. He writes to Timothy, a young man, a young preacher. This is what I love about Timothy, if you do a little study. Timothy was about 40 years old. I love that. He was called a young. You were considered a young man until you were 40. So I'll tell you, I'm 51, so I'll, we'll stretch it a little bit. Amen. But so they put, uh, I think, Timothy at about 38 years old. And so this elder statesman, this bishop, this man that knew how 
to draw a line in the sand, starts to give this young preacher some advice. He says, I'm ready to be offered. I'm going to die. And the time of my departure is at hand. He knew where he was at. He said, Timothy, I want you to draw a line in the sand. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering. Amen. Praise God. Let us stand. The highway of the upright, the Bible says in Proverbs, the highway of the upright is to depart from evil. That's the highway I want to be on. Praise God. I'm going to close this evening, and then I'm going to open up these altars the next few minutes. I just feel like, uh, I know this is not for everybody, and I know you're dedicated. This is the Wednesday night crowd, and I was even questioning, Lord, do I preach this to a Wednesday night? If there's anybody that's dedicated, it's the Wednesday night crowd. But maybe I just needed to reaffirm and reassess my relationship. Maybe I just need to draw a fresh line. I need to draw a fresh line in the sand and say, Lord, I love you. I'm recommitting to you. And none of what I'm going through is going to move me. You know what? They'll frustrate the devil. That frustrates the devil when he can't do anything to turn you around. A made-up mind. My, my, my. James said a double-minded man thank you Lord a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways you, you find somebody that's unstable you can, find, you, can, you can assure yourself they have a double mind that literally means in the Greek two minds and that goes back to God saying I wish you were hot or cold are you in or out and sometimes we do struggle. Brother Red's not trying to beat you up. Sometimes I struggled. I struggled living for God. I've been in this over 30 years. I came in at 19 years old. I didn't grow up in Pentecost. I, matter of fact, I got the Holy Ghost about a month before my mama did. But you saw my mama when she passed away. or living. You would have thought she lived for God her whole life. Man, she got the Holy Ghost at about 42. I was about 19. I got the Holy Ghost, and I've lived for God. And I've struggled from times. There's been some things I've gone through I didn't understand. There's been some times I wanted to walk away. But all I can say, there's, there's comes time in my life where I had to draw a fresh line in the sand. And say, Lord, I'm sorry that I didn't measure up, but here I am. I'm here to stay. So I want to encourage somebody who may have faltered. That's okay. That's what the church is for. Brother Red's telling you, that's what the church is for. To recommit. To reestablish my commitment in my relationship with my God. Amen. I'm going to close with Revelation 22 and 11. Very interesting scripture here towards the end of the book of Revelation. And this is what the writer said. He said, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that which is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. There's going to come a time, when no matter where I'm at, no matter where, wherever I've drawn the line in my life, God's going to say freeze. And he says, if you're unjust, that's where you're at. If you're filthy, that's where you're at. But if you're holy... That's where you're at. If you're righteous, that's where you're at. I want to make sure I draw the line in the right place. I want to make sure everybody understands. I'm not going to force it down their throat. I'm not going to be arrogant. I'm not going to be obnoxious in my Christianity. I think that makes people sick. 
But sometimes I don't have to say a word. Sometimes I just live it in front of them. But what I'm saying is this. I want to draw my line, my line in the sand so that everybody can see that I don't know much about him, but I know he loves God. You know, people will come up to you, and they've done it to me. They'll do it to you, and you, they've done it to you, and they've never met you. And they'll say, you've got the anointing of God on you. When you do, people that don't even believe in God can feel something. Why? Because you got the real deal. Amen. How many wants to draw just a fresh? Hey, maybe we just all need to draw a fresh line. Why don't we all come to the front for just a few minutes? If you can. If you can. Let's come down as a church. Amen. And, and let's just pray. And let's draw a fresh line in the sand. Because God wants to know, what do you say about yourself? Don't worry about what your friends say. <laughs>